0: The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act eliminated penalties for not having health coverage beginning in 2019. Well, not so fast. Also, understanding the premium tax credit. Welcome to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Jeff Skolnick and I am a CPA with 35 years of experience working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and network marketers on how to make their business more successful by understanding how taxes can work in their favor and not hurt their business. Each and every week I'm going to come to you with short, quick, and helpful tips on not only how to make sure you are doing everything possible to minimize your income tax liability, but also how to create the income for your business that you truly deserve. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, passed in December of 2017, eliminated the individual mandate of the Affordable Care Act, also known as the ACA or Obamacare. The individual mandate required individuals to purchase health insurance that met certain standards or they would be subject to a penalty. This penalty was calculated based on household income and the number of individuals covered within the household. The new tax legislation had virtually all of its provisions take effect in 2018. One provision that did not come into play until 2019 was the repeal of the individual mandate. As of 2019, if you do not have health insurance, you will not incur a penalty on your federal return. Well, if this is the case, why would I say not so fast? The reason for this statement is that some states have passed legislation which still requires individuals to maintain health insurance or incur a penalty on their state income tax returns. I urge every taxpayer to at least check once in a while and make sure they are aware of whether their state has instituted such legislation. Massachusetts has had an individual mandate since 2007, New Jersey and Washington DC have both reinstated the ACA penalty beginning in 2019, California, Rhode Island, and Vermont have also instituted penalties equivalent to the ACA penalties. However, these do not become effective until 2020. I have also recently read that other states, specifically Connecticut, Hawaii, Minnesota, and Washington are also contemplating enacting similar laws. I point this out because there was a lot of coverage at the time the federal law passed about this repeal, but I do not feel the states have been the states that have issued mandates have been as visible, and I don't like to see anyone surprised come tax season. Now I want to be clear: the penalties I've been discussing so far only relate to individuals that did not have health care insurance that met rules set forth by the federal government. If your coverage met the standards, you had no penalty. I now would like to touch on part of the ACA that that remains. The premium tax credit provision still exists in the law. The premium tax credit is available to individuals that have low or moderate income to help them afford coverage provided by the health insurance marketplace. Now, there are two ways in which you receive this credit. The first, and by far the more popular choice, is to have the marketplace calculate your expected credit and pay it to your insurance company to lower your monthly outlay. The credit is based on your household income and number of individuals covered. The second option is to pay all of your health insurance payments and receive the credit at the end of the year. It's clear why the first method is more popular. Health insurance is a major expense for most individuals and certainly for all who are going to receive a subsidy. So most simply do not have the money to lay out ahead of time and wait for a credit. I want you to realize that whichever method you choose, the amount of the credit is exactly the same. Now, I will now explain that although I understand the first method, why I hate it as an accountant. If you are to receive a monthly benefit, you must understand that this is based on your estimated income and number of individuals covered. If your actual income is higher, or the number of individuals covered is lower than what you had given to the marketplace, then you will owe money at the end of the year. If you overestimated your income or underestimated the number of individuals covered by you, um, you may receive a refund at year end. I hate it because more often than not, I've seen individuals that owe money rather than receive a refund. The problem is I uh, have to, as an accountant, explain this to them. Now keep in mind, I'm used to catching a little hell when individuals owe taxes. But here I'm catching hell for the fact that their credit was too high during the year. In other words, their their premium credit was too high during the year, meaning the government paid too much money for them and they paid too little. And I didn't give the insurance company their income or their dependents. They did, but I get to be the bearer of bad news. So I want to give you an example. Uh, I ran into this a few years back. I had an individual who reported his family income to the marketplace. He also reported the expected number of dependents, And When we filed his return at the end of the year He realized that one of his children who was covered in the prior year had been working full-time all year and was not covered by him So when I prepared the return I had to let this man know he had to pay back thousands of dollars to the federal government This situation Unfortunately resulted in me having a new name for this individual former client Uh, And I absolutely believe that this was the major reason that this person is a former client anyway I point this story out not to communicate that those eligible should not sign up to receive their credit monthly. I absolutely don't believe that. But I want to point out that if you do go this route and you are receiving your benefit monthly, which would reduce your payments, be careful about the information you give the marketplace. If during the year you discover that either your income is going to be greater than expected or the number of covered individuals will change, alert the marketplace. Once again, I want to make sure there are no surprises that occur when you go to file your return. Thanks again for listening to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. If you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and write a review. Also, please connect with me on social media. If there are any tax or accounting-related topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you are that small business owner or entrepreneur that really wants to learn more about how to minimize your tax liability and maximize your income, just head over to www.jeffcpaworld.com and I'll see you over there. Have a great day.